I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 118. And we're talking Conker's Bad Fur Day for the Nintendo 64 and late, like afterwards for the Xbox and stuff. But originally for the Nintendo 64. Uh, this bad boy, Conker, came up a little short in our Patreon poll a couple months ago. Uh, but I never played it back in the day. I've always wanted to. So we fucking made it happen anyways. I hear you guys. I know what you want. Former Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark Tholomew McHugh is my guest this week. He gave me a call, and we spent about an hour blowing smoke up this game's ass and complaining about it at the exact same time. And uh, very, very yin and yang episode this week. And also, uh, this goes without saying, like most episodes of the podcast, but this episode will contain spoilers, mostly about the funniest portions of the game. We also completely go over the ending of the game because it's funny. Uh, So you have been warned. All right, and speaking of warnings, it is, in fact, time for our fabled Remember the Game intro. Uh, And you know what? I literally just thought of this. This is episode 118, and if you know Edmonton, where I live, if you've ever been here, anyway, uh, this kind of a shady area of Edmonton is 118th Ave. And so, like, like, it kind of would have been fitting if I had saved maybe the Grand Theft Auto episode for 118. But I guess Conqueror has got some pretty shady 
characters in it too that would fit in very well on 118. So that should work. Anyway, okay, we'll get into the let's we'll do the real intro now. I just I just thought of that. Uh, as you know, my self indulgent rambling usually kicks off the show each week. Uh, and life is pretty good here at Remember the Game Industries these days. Uh, I've been on the road for comedy the last couple of weekends. I had some great sold out. I mean, well, like covid sold out so like 30 percent capacity uh shows in calgary it was fucking awesome and the reason i bring that up is because we didn't miss a podcast or anything it didn't screw with my schedule which really makes me more comfortable uh and excited about the schedule moving forward that when the world finally gets back to normal i should be able to keep up at least with the three podcasts a week and it won't overwhelm me or anything i'm a little worried about what will happen if i ever lose my voice or something because i do lose my voice a lot but we'll we'll cross that bridge when uh when it inevitably pops up uh side note oh yeah on a side note speaking of the three podcasts a week on expansion pass i think it was expansion pass last week i uh, i called people that collect vinyl weirdos it was sometime in the last couple of weeks one of the podcasts i called people that collect vinyl weirdos it's (laughs) several several of you reached out to me about it via social media one of you via a personal text message uh through the the patreon dms uh, and just expressed your uh, disdain for me calling you all weirdos. So uh, that's it. I'm not no apology. I'm standing by it. You're you're weirdos. Just acknowledging that I have seen all all of your messages. It was fucking hilarious. I just said it in passing. I don't even remember saying it, but a bunch of you were like, "Hey, I'm one of those vinyl weirdos." Well, guess what? We all think you're fucking weirdos. You're like those people that still collect VHS tapes, which I'm sure I'm going to get messages about that now. You're fucking weirdos. Anyway, everyone's weird. We're all weirdos. Also, there is my slurping my coffee. That's the type of podcast you get here. Uh, also, Game Patch, my gaming news podcast, is seven weeks deep now. And literally, literally every week, the downloads have increased. Sometimes by a few, sometimes by a lot. Very, very encouraging because it is by far the the show that takes the most time uh, to put the, you know, to produce and everything. Uh, If you haven't tried it yet and you don't hate the way I swear every 10 words and struggle to pronounce anything with more than three syllables in it, you should really give it a shot. It's the latest gaming news. I go over gaming sales, game releases, mixed in with my own stupid opinions. It's basically what you're hearing right now, but about modern gaming news. And you can find it wherever you get podcasts. New episodes go live every Monday. Just search for Game Patch or... You knew this was coming. Sign up for our Patreon and you'll get it three days early. You'll get it on Friday morning instead of Monday morning, which is just its such a rad way to start your weekend. It makes a ton of sense. And over 120 of you seem to agree, including our newest Patreon supporters, Arpad Botos, Thomas D. Reynolds, Ryan Kinchin, Grimpy, and Trevor Hiller. Thank you all so, so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries. I really appreciate it. You guys, it's only two bucks a month. It gets you three-day early access to Game Patch. It gets you exclusive access to our weekly Patreon podcast expansion pass. It gets you the ability to comment uh, and submit comments and questions for all three of our podcasts and so much more. Plus, it really helps me. And last Sunday's expansion pass, we ranked the Mario Kart games and we basically just blew that franchise for an hour and it was actually actually really really fun this sunday i uh i wasn't sure what i was gonna do but i think i'm gonna talk smash brothers and i know not everyone plays smash i'm not a huge smash brothers player myself but i do think a lot of people enjoy talking about that roster of fighters and how big it is and who else is coming and if you missed it minecraft steve was announced last week and there's four more fighters to be revealed in this new package so i was thinking i would lock in my predictions welcome all of you to do the same i'll read a bunch of them on the podcast and talk about them and if anyone nails all four 
remaining DLC characters for Smash Brothers. You will be immortalized forever on tape, on the podcast. You'll get into the Remember the Game Hall of Fame. Maybe I'll even send out a prize or something. So so that's going to be this Sunday's podcast. There's also about 50 or, or older expansion pass and bonus podcast is sitting there waiting for you to download right onto your phone or whatever you listen on. We rank Mario games, Mario Kart games. We talk Xbox. We talk PlayStation. We all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so if you like what I do, I know this is a very long-winded sales pitch, but thank you so much. And please consider giving me the change in your couch each month for a bunch more of my podcasts. It's patreon.com slash remember the game. It's only $2 and like fuck it helps me so much uh also major thank you to everyone that upped their patreon pledge to our new five dollar tier that we're running some of you said you didn't even care what the new perks were you just wanted to support me and support the show and damn it that is just the nicest fucking thing so thank you all so much um also our patreon poll for october is over it just closed it was the dud edition this was a two horse race we took a bunch of the shittiest games we've never covered on the show that you guys want to covered and put them in the poll and it was basically a two horse race right out of the gate between shack vu and south park for the ps1 and nintendo 64 came down to the wire but south park came out on top so i'll be playing through the playstation one version over the next couple weeks and you'll be getting an episode of the podcast about it i might do shack vu as well just because it came so close, but we'll see how much, um, how, we'll see how fucking angry I am after I finish South Park before I commit to playing goddamn Shaq Fu as well. And finally, I try to stream on Twitch on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Sunday nights, uh, from 8 to 11 p.m. Mountain Time. Occasionally, my internet tells me to go fuck myself. We all, anyone that was there on Sunday knows that that's the goddamn case, but I do try. So uh, it's member the game on Twitch, not remember, member the game on Twitch. I interact with the chat. I talk to you guys all the time while I play video games. It's lots of fun. Please come check it out. There may not be a Sunday stream this week as it is Thanksgiving here in Canada land, but I don't even know if we're going for a Thanksgiving dinner or not because the entire world is infected. So I don't know what we're doing. I'll keep you guys posted, but just follow us on Twitch. It's free and then you'll know when I'll be around. Uh, that's enough. That's enough self-promotion. What are we at? Seven minutes. Fuck, I talked. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow you guys. Let's blow in the cartridge, which is the opening segment, uh, the real opening segment of the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. I respond to them and we decided we've called that segment blowing in the cartridge. So that said, let's blow. And the first comment this week comes in from Matthew Davis. And Matthew says, I know there are a ton of Vita fans out there. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I am, but I don't know if there's a I don't know how many that are actually out there. But anyway, I'm sorry, Matthew. Okay. So Matthew says, I know there are a ton of Vita fans out there. Now that the Nintendo has seized production of the 3DS and 2DS console line, does it open the door for Sony to create another handheld? I feel like there's room in the market to compete with the Switch. Although I would rate Sony's interest at about a 1 out of 10. I just love the PSP and the Vita and I'd be excited to see what else Sony can do. There's a cool new looking hand or cool looking new handheld coming out called the Playdate that looks great. It also appears to have a unique subscription service where new games are released every couple months or so. Do you have plans on picking one of those up? Love the shows. Game Patch is a great addition. Nicely done. Thanks for all the hard work you do. Uh, thank you very much, Matthew. That fuck that feels nice. Thank you. Um, I gotta say, uh, I have never heard of the play date. Uh, <laughs> I fucking love that name though. I almost started laughing while I was reading your comment. I love the name play date. What you playing? I'm playing with my play date. That's fucking sick. So I'm gonna have to look that thing up, but I've never heard of it. Uh, so as of now, no, I have no intention of buying one. As far as the Vita and Sony getting back into the handheld market goes, look, I uh, I know I kind of made a bit of a joke, but like I am a I am a huge 
Vita fan myself. If you listened to the console ranking episode we did of Expansion Pass a few months ago, only $2 a month, it was one of my favorite consoles of all time. I really like the Vita a lot. Um, That said, no. I don't imagine Sony ever gets back into the handheld market. I mean, the PSP was a big success, but that was because everyone was buying it to hack it. And the Vita really didn't do that well, as awesome as that thing fucking was. Um, Nintendo is finished with the DS lineup, like you said, but that's just because the Switch came along and just did everything it was doing better. Like the Switch is dominating, right? Plus, you got to remember that Xbox gamers can now stream their Xboxes, their Ones and their Series Xs and Ss onto their phones and tablets now. So if Sony wanted to launch a new handheld, they would not only be competing with the Nintendo Switch, they'd be competing with phones and mobile games as a whole. They'd be competing with Xbox's new streaming services and, and apparently they'd be competing with the competing with the play date uh fuck i love that name uh it's just an it's an impossible fight to win it's it's i just it's i don't see how like the switch has become the handheld system for people that don't want to just play on their phones i loved the vita and i don't know if i'd buy a new one and i love that system unless i was able to play like my ps5 on it with a streaming like xcloud or something i don't think i'd, I'd buy one so i don't i don't think they will do it but i'd I agree, man. Love the fucking rest in peace, Vita. Probably, possibly. Is it probably or possibly? It's it's po- You know what? I'll say probably the most underrated console of all time, or one of them for sure. I fucking loved that thing. So rest in peace. Thank you for writing in, Matthew. Great start. Great blow. Well done. Uh, Miklos Blackshaw wrote into us and said, after listening to you talk about video game production crunch time, which we covered on Game Patch last week. Uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the movie, or I'm wondering what your thoughts on the movie Grandma's Boy are. Uh, fuck. Oh, they're close. Oh, I, <laughs> I hate that movie so much. I, fuck. I honestly hardly remember what it was about. It was like some fucking nerd who tests video games in his grandma's basement or something. Is that what it was? I I think I just, I remember renting it. Uh, yeah, I'm that old. I used to rent movies. I remember renting it and just thinking like fucking a comedy video games. This is probably going to knock a ghostbusters down to my second favorite movie ever. And it's going to just light it up. And by the end of grandma's boy, I wish both of my eyes didn't work instead of just one so that I could have never fucking seen it. I, oh, I fuck. I hate that. Why would you bring that in here? This is a fun podcast and you fucking, I just, and, and I know you very well, Miklos, and I don't know if you're fucking with me or if you're like, no, it's a great movie. I, I do any of you like grandma's boy? Did any of you like that movie? Because if you did, you're even weirder than the vinyl collectors. That's just, I fuck. I hate that movie so much. Oh, if I didn't need your $2, Miklos, I would ban you for bringing that movie up. Thanks for writing in, though. Thank good blow. Well, bad blow. Horrible blow, but you blew anyway. Miles from bringbackretro.com wrote in and said, uh, uh, I know you're a fan of ROMs and emulators, and God knows you're not the only one. Hell, I have a Mega Drive and an N64 EverDrive, uh, but I usually only play modded games on them. I must disagree with you when you say there's no point to buying games if the developers don't see the money, however. Retro gaming shops are becoming the dodos of our time. Around my way, there's only there's only truly one, and that has to double as a joke costume shop just to stay afloat. I'm all for using ROMs if the games or consoles are stupidly expensive, but I'm happy to pay some money to keep someone with a genuine interest in retro gaming alive. As for the assholes who bump up the price because it's all about business, fuck you. That's the reason people are selling CRTVs for 70 plus pounds. 
I've got over 30 and I haven't paid anything for most of them. Sorry, rant over. Uh, <laughs> thanks for writing in. Miles, you have you have 30 CRT TVs? Uh, <laughs> I don't even, I, I'm not criticizing. I have no, that's kind of dope. I just, I imagine like just like your spare bedroom and your, or maybe it is your bedroom. Like you guys sleep on like a cot in the corner because the whole room is just full of those giant TVs. I, that's fucking rad. I love CRT TVs. That's dope. Um, okay. I gotta say, I don't remember saying that there's no point in buying games when developers don't see the money. But if I did say that, uh, I misspoke. That's not what I meant to say. Cause I, I agree with you, Miles. If you're, if you are a retro and this goes to anyone listening right now, if you're a retro game collector, support those mom and pop shops hundred percent, assuming that they're good. And we'll get into that. Like I, I know I have listeners that, that work in those shops. I know I have listeners that own those shops. There are, there are people that listen to this podcast that play this podcast in their retro game shops, which by the way, you guys are fucking awesome. Uh, that's like the coolest thing. Um, and when I was a game collector, before I got out of the hobby, I supported those shops all the time. As long Again, as long as they're good shops. Uh, I think what I was probably trying to say is the same thing you're saying. I like supporting those stores as much as the next nerd, but I, I can't justify or afford, you know, $500 to play Little Samson when I could just emulate it for free, just for an example. Um, my stance on this has primarily been like, if a company doesn't give me a way to buy their game reasonably and give them the money, then I don't see an issue with emulation. But if you're a collector or you like to play these retro games on real hardware, then of course go out and buy them. Don't just emulate all of them. Like it's to me, that's half when I, when I collected retro games, it was about owning those games and owning that hardware and experiencing it the way it was meant to be played. So I agree in that case. Yeah. Don't emulate fucking go buy the game. Just don't just pay a reasonable price for it. Uh, because I also agree with you. There are fucking assholes out there jacking up the prices of video games for every reasonable retro gaming store out there. There's two that are just charging like fucking $40 for super Mario brothers three. We have a few here in Edmonton. And sometimes I go in and look like if I'm at the mall with my girlfriend and I don't want to look at boring things, I go into these stores and it's just, what the fuck? Like, since when is that like, since when is super Mario brothers three worth a ton of money? Unless it's like the original label variant. And even then I don't feel like it's worth that much, but that's me anyway. People think everything retro is just a treasure now, and it fucking, it isn't, right? There are a billion Super Mario Brothers 3s out there. It's not worth that much. You see someone, and you guys have all seen it, I'm sure. You see someone list an NES and a couple basic games, like Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt and fucking Ninja Turtles on their, with their basic NES that just looks like shit, and they want like $200. It's just, it's not, it's not worth that. Fuck off. And you're right, Miles. Those types of people will fucking drive up prices, and it's just... Not all of it is fucking treasure. It's all awesome, but it's not all fucking treasure. Well, Echo the Dolphin isn't awesome, but most of that shit is awesome. So if you like retro games, if you collect retro games, 100% support retro stores, but just but do your homework because there are fuck faces out there that don't care about the hobby. They open these stores because they want your money, right? But there are also wicked awesome retro gaming stores out there that do care about the hobby, that care about the games, that care about the customers, that care about about uh, preserving the history of this business and our hobby. They have reasonable prices. They, they Support them. Don't let them go away, right? They're keeping this hobby alive. Just go to them and uh, go to them before you buy everything off eBay, right? Uh, just, I hope that that, 
Thank you, Miles. I hope that that clarifies my stance on emulation. I hope that, keep me honest, you guys. If I say something that you don't agree with, you're never ever gonna, I'm more inclined to block you for bringing up goddamn grandma's boy before I block you for disagreeing with something that I say. So I, I, I think possibly I misspoke, but thanks for, great fucking comment, Miles. Thank you for writing in. And then finally, uh, we wrap up every blowing in the cartridge session with our weekly letter time letter. So with that said, as you know, it's letter time. It's letter time. I suck so hard at singing that song. Um, I should get a clip of Nicholas Pickless singing it and just play that. Anyway, this one comes in from Dave L. And Dave is a long time supporter of the show. And when I say long time, like day one. And admittedly, he's an incredibly casual gamer who just has a soft spot for my awful voice. Um, and he's a longtime friend of the show. And he's, he's awesome. And he sent me a comment that I really thought was cool and I wanted to talk about it. And he said, <clears throat> excuse me. He said, uh, maybe this is a stupid comment, but is PlayStation at risk of going the way of Blockbuster by not going to a subscription model? On Game Patch, you read a quote from one of the higher-ups at Sony saying games cost hundreds of millions of dollars to make and selling them via subscription services won't work, which sounds exactly what Blockbuster was saying. Uh, that sounds exactly like what Blockbuster was saying about Netflix. Uh, so... Uh, and thank you, Dave, for the obviously for supporting the show uh, from the shadows, as you often do. And thank you very much for the question. Um, and that shadows thing isn't like, dude, you guys are, don't ever feel like you're obligated to write in and stuff. It's just for those. I know there's people that have never written in that that never reply to my DM on Patreon when I write them to say thank you for supporting me. That's totally cool. You're under no obligation. You're just welcome to if you want to. So thank you for writing in, Dave. And when I originally read your comment, I thought like, no. No, not not at all. PlayStation has dominated gaming for over 20 years. They're not going anywhere. But the more I thought about this, the more interesting the question becomes. Okay, and I'm going to spend a minute on this. First of all, I don't think PlayStation is going to go blockbuster. I they like they they routinely sell 100 million consoles per generation. They've got an incredibly an incredible library of of IP and franchises that they own that people will continue to buy their consoles to play. I will. So I I don't think they're going anywhere. But what fascinates me about this, and I have brought it up before, is what will PlayStation do if the subscription model uh, and we're talking Game Pass primarily, really takes off. And what will Nintendo do as well, frankly, for that matter? Because Xbox has clearly decided that Game Pass and a subscription model are the best business plan for them moving forward. And Nintendo and Sony aren't doing that. They, ha they have subscriptions for their online, and PlayStation has got PS now, but, but they're not putting their big $80 AAA day one titles on these subscription services for 10 or 15 bucks. Their, their business model is the same business model that's been in gaming forever. We sell you a console, then we sell you these $80 games. And I'm talking 80 bucks Canadian, so whatever they're worth where you are. But we sell you a console, we sell you the game, and uh, that's just what, that's how gaming is, right? And that's that's been PlayStation and Nintendo's IO or MO forever. Xbox is also going to keep selling those games, but they're obviously expecting that most of their customers will just pay the 15 bucks a month for Game Pass instead of the $80 for a game. And if Game Pass had existed or get part of me and game pass did exist during the playstation 4 and xbox one generation but only toward the end of the generation and at that point playstation was so far ahead of xbox's sales nothing was going to change the next six or seven years the playstation 5 xbox series xs generation is going to be huge for gaming because clearly playstation thinks that their current model 
of sell you a console, sell you the games is the way to go. And Xbox is trying to rewrite the formula. And admittedly, and I think even Xbox would admit it, the reason they're trying to rewrite that formula is because they know they can't beat PlayStation at the sell you a console, sell you a game. They haven't beaten them yet. They're not going to happen, right? So Xbox is trying something new. And like Dave mentioned in his comment, when Netflix launched, Blockbuster said that won't work. They refused to adapt and look what fucking happened to them. I do think... Game Pass is going to work. I think it's going to be huge this generation. And I'm absolutely fascinated to see what PlayStation and Nintendo do to counteract or to, to respond to it. Because they may keep things as is. People may continue to support it. And by the end of next generation, there may just be two different gaming ecosystems. There'll be the subscription models and there'll be the buy games as you want to play them models. Um, because PlayStation and Nintendo, you've got to remember, they have something that Blockbuster didn't. And that is valuable, valuable IPs that people will pay for, right? And as someone that loves the Game Pass model so much, I will continue to buy those Sony and Nintendo exclusives at full price because I want to play them. I will buy a Last of Us 3 or the next Uncharted or the next Horizon or the next Mario or the next Zelda. Whatever. I will keep paying those. So why give them to me in a subscription when you know that I will buy them that way, right? But if their business starts to go down, if they if their sales numbers start to plummet because people refuse to pay the $80 per game over the $15 a month for a subscription, I I think that that Sony and Nintendo may have to rethink things. And I and I want to see I want to see if they will. I want to see if they're backed into a corner. If Game Pass takes off, Xbox is killing it. No one wants to pay the $80 a game anymore. Will Sony or Nintendo adjust and go to a subscription service? Because I think if they're really backed into a corner with their backs against the wall, Sony will cave and they will launch something like Game Pass. Or maybe they'll just revamp PS Now to be more like Game Pass with the big AAA day one title. I think they'll consider it. I don't think Nintendo will. Because I, <laughs> Nintendo still doesn't even let people chat on their fucking online, on their service. They just don't give a fuck. They do what they do. So my incredibly long-winded answer to your short question comes down to two factors. Number one, will the current long-time PlayStation uh, pay-per-game model work next generation? And two, if it doesn't, are they willing to change because I just I can't imagine them closing up shop I, I gotta think they'll adjust if they have to and I'm excited to see if that's the case because because who knows maybe they're right maybe game pass doesn't work Microsoft loses a ton of money on it says fuck this and we just keep on buying games one at a time like we always have this generation could change gaming forever I fucking can't wait to see how it plays out uh and thanks dave thank you for writing in thank you for the support that's a great question i could do an entire podcast about that if i wanted to um ah that was good okay that's enough blowing this week we're fucking this is gonna be a long episode so get comfortable uh let us shift let's shift gears and let's get into our new smash hit segment play one remake one erase one And as always, a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the original NES for unknowingly providing our theme music for the game, or for, for Play One, Remake One, Erase One here on the show. The rules are simple, you guys. Each week, I give our listeners three retro games. They can play one as it exists. They can remake one as a modern AAA game. The third one is Erase From Time forever and this week it is the konami slash great playstation one games that haven't already been remade edition uh because admittedly when i wanted to do a playstation episode 
or edition of it. And when I looked up the best PlayStation games ever, I was looking for games to play like the, the twisted or the, the, the Tony Hawks, the fucking resident evils, final fantasy seven, so many other games, the band or the, uh, the, the spirals, the crashes, so many of them have already been remade. Uh, so we ended up going with three good games, three great games, three Konami games. We're talking silent Hill, metal gear, solid and Castlevania symphony of the night. As always, there are no wrong answers. There is a correct one though. And I'll tell you what that is in a minute. And, uh, like every week, this is the segment that gets the most feedback from our patreons it's uh it legitimately the hardest part of the show each week is is trying to figure out which comments to read on here because i always feel bad that i don't read everyone's some of you put a lot of thought into them and a lot of work i did see all of them thank you everybody please keep writing in i will get you on the show sooner than later i promise if you're on patreon speak up don't hesitate i see some new names again this week which is fucking awesome let's get into play one remake one erase one and we are going to start with ryan kinchin and ryan said ah Three of my most played PS1 games. I would play Symphony of the Night because it's in a perfect form as it is. I mean, there's a reason they just keep porting it to every console generation. I would remake Silent Hill because as far as psychological survival horror goes, it doesn't get any better than Silent Hill. And a full-blown remake from the ground up would be shit your pants, nightmare inducing. And finally, even though it hurts me to say it, I would erase Metal Gear Solid. I love the series, but slowly throughout the years, they've become glorified CGI mini-movies. And now with Hideo Kojima out of the picture, Konami is taking what made sitting through the 30 minute to one hour cutscenes bearable and turning the series into a dumpster fire. I'm looking at you, Metal Gear Survive. P.S. Silent Hill is way better than Resident Evil and before the Resident Evil fanboys attack me saying, oh, well, if Silent Hill is so good, why is it dead? It's because Konami is greedy and wrecks everything they touch. That and at this point, zombie games, movies, TV shows, etc. are so cliche and overused. Uh, thank you for playing, Ryan. That was a long one. I don't usually read ones that long, but I like the logic you put behind that. Um, and I read this for two reasons. One, your logic, it was sound, it was thought out, particularly the Metal Gear Solid point about how Kojima's gone and there's so many cutscenes. Is I Totally. And two... Uh, that's a spicy take about Silent Hill being better to Resident Evil and then just straight up going at the Resident Evil fanboys. If you guys, that's bold, man. Put that on the internet. If you guys want his email, just send $5 to Adam at member that, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I won't give out your email, Ryan. Uh, great take. And no one cares feels the same way. He wrote in no one and, and said, I'd play Castlevania. I'd erase Metal Gear Solid and I'd remake damn Silent Hill. We need another Silent Hill game. Yes, I'm a Silent Hill fanboy. That's what no one said. So both of you would play Castlevania, erase Metal Gear Solid, and remake Silent Hill. Um, I gotta say, run, running this edition of the show, running these three games, I did not know so many people out there were big Silent Hill fans. I really had no idea. I'm also a pussy when it comes to horror games, so I'm not very in tune with that universe. But uh, really, I was blown away by how many of you guys are big Silent Hill fans. Uh, Zane Donovan wrote in and said, easy choice this week, erase Silent Hill, it's boring. And, uh, and that's all, that's all Zane said. So damn it, Zane, that's cheating. You still have to play one and remake one. I guess it got your comment read, so mission accomplished, but you get partial credit, Donovan, for, I don't mind you calling out Silent Hill, but you gotta tell me which one you'll play and remake. So partial credit, uh, Donovan. Also, Zane is a cool name, so that got you on the show. Slick Rick wrote in and said, play Metal Gear Solid. It's a little clunky for its age, but there are plenty of sequels that give you exactly what you'd be looking for from this franchise. The story may be long, but it's phenomenal. Leave this one as is and play the sequels for better graphics and tuned gameplay. Plus, Meryl is an evil witch and she gets what she deserves. 
Uh, we'll get into that. Remake Castlevania. This game was great and doesn't need a remake, but its storyline is a little shallow. It's got some brutally cheesy dialogue and voice acting. Seeing this game on next-gen graphics is too good to pass up on and could kickstart the franchise again. And then Erase Silent Hill. It's a good game, but there are plenty of other horror games and franchises that do a better job than this one. It would be a shame, but it wouldn't be as missed as the other two. So for those of you that don't know, Slick Rick admitted during our, com- our confessional podcast a couple weeks ago that he and his friend used to just beat up Meryl in Metal Gear Solid all the time. So it completely makes sense that you wouldn't want to see that game remade, Rick, because they'd probably take that portion out and you couldn't get your jollies or they'd make her able to fight back. Uh, but remaking, so remaking uh, Symphony of the Night, that is interesting because not many are saying that. Everyone's saying just play it. It's perfect. So that's a bold fucking take by the slickest of ricks i I appreciate that uh a couple more here and then i'll give you the answer uh stupid monkey wrote in and said finally an easy one play castlevania because like an idiot i still haven't remake silent hill the series has kind of lost its way and needs to be brought back uh erase metal gear because the series means nothing to me i've never cared about it uh now listen i'm not the world's biggest metal gear fan either but i don't know if i've got the balls to just tell the entire internet that i would erase it forever so uh, again, for five bucks, I'll sell you stupid monkey's email address as well. At, uh, <laughs> I'm mostly joking. Mostly. Um, now a lot of people had the same answer this week, which makes me feel like I need to make this harder. Cause I always try to make it where it won't be the same answer. A lot of you did the same thing. Grimpy, one of our newest Patreons, Grimpy wrote in and said, play Castlevania. It doesn't require a remake. Remake Metal Gear Solid is long overdue. A fully fledged HD bad boy'd be awesome. Erase Silent Hill. I appreciate it's got some big fans, but it's one of those games that kind of went under my radar and I wouldn't miss it. And that seems to be the most popular answer that we're getting here, particularly remaking Metal Gear Solid, which I think most people agree would be like that game has not aged well and remaking it would be fun. Like a real remake would be pretty dope. Nick Sills wrote in last one and said, I would play Symphony of the Night. It's a gem and the graphics gameplay are perfect. I'd remake Metal Gear Solid. The graphics, well, classic could use an upgrade. The clunky controls could be improved. And I'd prefer if the camera was over the shoulder and erase Silent Hill because Resident Evil is better. And there it is. And I saw a few people say that. And this, like this round of play one, remake one, erase one has made me think that we could have a Silent Hill versus Resident Evil episode of the show. and just let the fucking nerd fists fly just deep in the trenches so but grimpy nick sills and everyone else that replied with that order uh they nailed it everyone that's my order i would play castlevania symphony of the night because i never have and everyone yells at me i know and it's 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 impossible to look up a list of the best playstation one games and not see this game near the top it's fucking impossible So unless the entire planet hatched a plot years ago before this podcast even existed to sucker me into playing it someday because he kept putting it at the top of these lists even though it sucked, knowing that I'd eventually see it and be like, I should play that game and then I'll get fucking angry. It sounds pretty fucking good as is. I really gotta... It's one of the retro games that I most want to sit down and play that I just haven't yet. Um, I would remake Metal Gear Solid, like a lot of you said, because I just played through this uh, a few months ago for for the first time since high school when it originally came out. And while I love the concept of Metal Gear Solid, like Jesus Christ, it just, it, it needs a makeover. You guys, like controlling this game, it feels like you're using a fucking Pong joystick and trying to get through it. Just, so I remake that as well. And then I'd erase Silent Hill. Now listen, 
We have plans to cover Silent Hill on the show in the future. COVID has just thrown a kink into the guests that I want to do it with and I's recording plans. Uh, I am a pussy when it comes to scary games, but I actually really like the first Silent Hill game. I haven't played the other ones. I really like that first one. That said, I also like Resident Evil better. Um, And so if we erase Silent Hill, that's one less scary thing out there to scare me as well. So I guess I'm in that Resident Evil versus Silent Hill fight as well. I like both. I'm not a diehard one or the other, but I prefer Resident Evil as well. So I would erase Silent Hill. So there's my answer. Thank Thank you so much to all of you that played. I'm sorry I can't read all your comments. I really try. I stress out on this segment every week because I don't want everyone to get left out. I don't want anyone to stop playing because you didn't get read one week. Um, although if a couple of you did stop playing, that would actually make this job a lot easier, but don't seriously. I love all the comments. Thank you guys. Keep writing in. We'll keep playing. It's fucking, I can do this as its own podcast, play one, remake one, erase one with the comments I get. Um, okay. Before I get into what I've been playing and we get into conquer, I know this has been a long intro. I, I like to talk retro gaming news. If something catches my eye and, uh, and goddamn, my eyeball snagged on something hard this week, EA, those fucking sons of bitches they announced that if you pre-order the upcoming nhl 21 you'll get exclusive access to something called nhl 94 rewind and it's basically current rosters and teams dropped into nhl 94 the same controls same graphics it'll be playable on october 30th and it looks fucking awesome it it looks so sick but i do not want to pre-order fucking nhl 21 to play it and i really hope that they just eventually make this a standalone title just release nhl 94 rewind every year with modern rosters i don't think they will because quite frankly i think more people would buy that than would buy nhl 21 um but man i would i would pay 30 bucks for a current hockey game designed exactly like nhl 94 but with modern players modern rosters with online and stuff like that i i'd pay 30 dollars for that so so if you want to buy nhl 21 anyway Check this out early and you can get a hold of NHL 94 Rewind. Uh, But no fucking way am I pre-ordering your goddamn game, EA. Especially not after that Madden shit fart fest that people went through in August with that broken pile of ass. So look into it if you want to. All right, good enough. What have I been playing? Then we'll get into Conker's Bad Fur Day. Uh, I've actually been playing. So the game I've been playing the most in the last week is Mario 64. With the 3D All-Stars package on my Switch. We and now listen, we reviewed Mario 64 way back on episode 50 of Remember the Game, like a year and a half ago. And I'm traditionally quite hard on this game. But I gotta say, like my my opinion on Mario 64 is changing a little bit. Like I'm I'm really having fun replaying it. So I'm I'm gonna do a full 120 star run for the first time in forever. I'm at about 60 stars right now. And then we've been doing some revisited episodes from the early days. You guys know that. Um, I might do another Mario 64 episode down the road because I I, I kind of feel like maybe I owed an apology. Like I'm, I it's been really really eye opening for me. It's been really fun. Uh, I also played through Twin Breaker, a Sacred Symbols adventure. It's uh, on my on my Xbox. I finished it in a weekend last weekend. It's a short game. Uh, I'll have a review video up this week. Maybe even by the time you guys hear this, it'll be up probably Wednesday or Thursday morning. Um, I've, I finally sat down and really started putting some time into Wasteland 3. Not as much as I would like to, but I have been playing it. I'm really digging it. I want to finish it before Cyberpunk 2077 comes out because it's just, it's so immersive, the story. And uh, I can't play it when I'm inebriated if I've had a few, you know, some a couple of puffs or a drink because uh, I can't focus on the plot. So I really got to get serious about it and bunker down and play it at night. 
I was super excited about Crash Bandicoot 4 and that's been put on the back burner now because I want to finish Wasteland 3 and it's one of those games that if you walk away from, you're completely fucked. Uh, so I'm really digging it to the point that I think, we'll see how it ends, but I think it's going to end up on my game of the year contender list. Uh, and then I've been playing some Mario 35 on my Switch. It's pretty sweet. It's uh, it's very repetitive. I don't think I like it as much as Tetris 99, which is also repetitive, I know. Um, but it's pretty fun. If you don't know, it's a Battle Royale game where you play Super Mario Brothers, the original game. It's free if you have Nintendo Online on your Switch. I'd love to see a Super Mario 3 or a Super Mario World variation of it. Um, but I'm, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm digging it. So, And that's it. Jesus, we're at like 40 minutes. I fuck, I talk too much. Uh, and we still have a long Conker's Bad Fur Day episode to get to. So let's get into it. I'd like to give some of you nerds a chance to share your thoughts on games before I indulge myself and ramble for a while. Uh, so we're going to get into a couple of your quick thoughts here. And again, spoilers, this game is 20 years old. You fucking had time. We are spoiling everything today. Corey wrote in and said, I wish Nintendo would take more chances these days like they did with this game. I understand why they don't since Nintendo essentially makes family-friendly gaming experiences ever since the GameCube. That being said, games like this are what made the N64 library so diverse and so quirky at times. Also, rest in peace 90s and early 2000s rare. And also, insert mandatory fuck the N64 controller statement here. Uh, Word, Corey. I do too. Uh, Like... I agree that I wish that Nintendo would try more things like this. Like, you look at this game and you think, if you were able to do this, like, if you were willing to put this on your console, how the fuck is GTA V not on the Switch? That drives me fucking crazy. But, and I also agree, fuck that Nintendo 64 controller. We're on the same wavelength, Corey. Ryan Kinchin wrote in and said, one of my favorite N64 games of all time. This is one of those games growing up you had to borrow from a buddy if your parents wouldn't let you buy or rent it. That was me. And then play it after everyone went to bed. The satire and the one-liners in this game are hysterical to this day. And anyone who says they don't sing along with the great mighty Pooh is a liar. It was made even better when they ported it to Xbox with better visuals, better multiplayer. And they even kept little nods to the N64 version. Uh, thanks for writing in, Ryan. I actually, I actually did play the Xbox version on Rare Replay for the sake of this episode, uh, which made it easier. Uh, and it's so rad that there's like, there's clearly still some Nintendo code in there and some references to it, which I love. Fucking, we need more N64 re-releases. God damn it! Just clean up those games and try again. That's I want that because I fucking hate the N64. I don't hate it. Anyway, we've done this a million times. And finally, Miles from BringBackRetro.com wrote in and said, I know this game will get a lot of hate, but I spent so much time on it. I still have my boxed copy. From the sexy flower to the broom who unsuccessfully hangs himself and the singing shit monster, this game will forever be a favorite of mine. Sure, it takes a while to get into, especially with the hangover slow walk and the context-sensitive items, but overall, it's well worth a play. Who knew, again, spoilers, who knew you could make an entire game out of trying to kidnap Conker to use him as a table leg so your milk won't spill? Uh, I fucking nailed it, Miles. I love it. That's that, The whole story of this game is so fucking dumb. And that's what makes it great. And I've talked long enough. Let's get into Conker's Bad Fur Day. Good old Mark McHugh and I had a great laugh talking about how funny this game is while also talking about some of the many warts it has. I'm going to queue up some music. And we're going to get right into it. Let's talk Conker's Bad Fur Day, which originally released in North America on the Nintendo 64 on March 5th, 2001. Kick back, relax, let's fucking go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody. Your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me when you're not strong. I hope my singing 
didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider better help. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. So we're going back to the Nintendo 64 this week, although I'm not. I'm going back to the Xbox because I played it on Rare Replay. But uh, my guest is Mark Tholomew McHugh. And Mark, I will just ask you how you were doing like half an hour ago when we recorded the last episode, but I'm going to ask you again because it's been a week since people have heard from you at least. Uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm oh. doing all right. Excellent. I feel like that's a little bit of like behind the camera now that you know how the magician does the trick. We like There's two weeks of episodes recorded in the last 90 minutes here. Um... And this week we're talking Conker's Bad Fur Day. This is one that's been on the Patreon poll a couple of times. It's never won, but it's always come close. I have wanted to play this forever. Now, I played the Rare Replay version, so I'm going to get this out of the way right off the hop. Did you play this back on the 64, or did you play the Rare Replay version as well? I did. My parents didn't buy me this game for obvious reasons, but I had like I had a friend who secretly lent it to me. Ah, devious. So I would like only play it when my parents weren't home and... Yeah, this dude. Whenever, this, yeah, when they come home, I'd, just, I'd switch over to like Mario Kart or something. Oh, nice. That's smart. So then, so before we get into like the game, the mechanics, the gameplay, the jokes, the humor, anything like, to this day, Conker's Bad Fur Day is such an like, Nintendo's the little kid system. Everybody knows it's a little kid system, and it's had the odd mature game like Resident Evil Four debuted on the GameCube and stuff like that. But like it's like when did this game come out 2001 so it's been 19 years and i still look back at the release of conquer's bad fur day and be like how in the holy fuck did rare convince nintendo to let them put possibly the most adult game of the last ever on their system exclusively i no, this is the weirdest game in that in that that regards because like like and this was this was Nintendo and this was Rare. Nintendo and Rare both known for making like mascot platformers where everything's sunny and happy. And then here comes this weird, dark, twisted game about a hungover squirrel that just came out of nowhere 
And it's like, what the fuck? And what I think it was is because this was the last game that Rare made for the N64. And it's like the, the last episode we went through. This came out at the very end of the N64's life. This yeah. would never have been a launch title. This was like, all right, I guess if we're making that, just yeah, just put it on, we'll release it. No, And they didn't expect anything to come of it. Yeah, it's just such a... I'm sure you could go online and look up. You guys know we don't do that. We don't do homework here. Um, I'm sure there's like a big backstory behind it, but like, it's just so fucking weird. Like, I like I honestly wonder... I wonder if part of it was like, at this point, the PlayStation had handedly handed the Nintendo 64 its ass. Like, handed... Like, I listen, I love the I love Nintendo as much as, as anybody, but like, PlayStation fucking murdered the Nintendo oh, 64. And that was the first time Nintendo had had its lunch fed to them, right? Because the NES took over gaming. The Game Boy dominated like no one's ever seen. The Super Nintendo, eh, Sega gave them a fight. But let's just put my Sega bias aside. The Super Nintendo defeated the Sega Genesis. But this time... I know, play- you've, covered, I know you've covered the history of this on the show already. But like Nintendo absolutely deserved to have their asses handed to them by PlayStation. Sure. Yeah, 100%. They fucked up. They fucked up royally. And the Nintendo 64, like, I know I shit on the Nintendo 64. I wouldn't consider it one of my favorite systems. But, like, I had one. I played the shit out of it. If they released a Nintendo 64 Classic, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Like, I have as fond of memories of playing as everybody. Okay, I get it. But they got their asses kicked by PlayStation. And one of the reasons PlayStation kicked Nintendo's ass was because PlayStation had stuff that was, you know, they had Resident, and I know Resident Evil 2 came to the 64 stuff, but they had the Resident Evils, they had the Silent Hills, Metal Gear Solid, like, they had the 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 grown-up games, whereas Nintendo had fucking Pokemon Stadium, and Mario Party, and, and you know, like, that kind of stuff, and I, and I don't know if this is true, but, like, I have to think, at some point, some of the executives at Nintendo were like, yo, like, let's get it let's have an adult game they're like okay like if that's what people want then let's it's like i hate to keep referencing the simpsons but you know what conquers bad fur day kind of felt like it kind of felt like playstation was gabbo and nintendo was crusty and (laughs) and gabbo was taking over the world and then nintendo was like so you want violence or you want like r-rated games do you and then they released conquers bad fur day like that's kind of what it felt like they're like "Ah!" yeah that's kind of what it felt like like even like i never played this as a kid frankly i never really had this like inclining to get it because like you said this came out right at the end of the nintendo 64's lifespan and and admittedly for the first time in my gaming life i had kind of moved on from nintendo like aside uh from the wrestling games i played most of my games on my playstation at this point so i skipped out on this one and so when i finally sat down and fired it up on rare replay and played it uh and we'll get into the game now in in a heartbeat like i like to this moment i i still part of me can't believe this was a nintendo 64 game if you if i didn't know if i had no idea this game had ever existed but i knew everything else i know about nintendo and you were like dude this game was a 64 exclusive i would have been like shut the fuck up like no No, way right like don't you think it's so out of place mark it's so it is possibly like i'm trying to think of like anything i'm trying to think of a more vulgar game that's ever come out like maybe the south park one yeah maybe like something like mad world which again was a nintendo exclusive weirdly yeah or like the leisure suit larry's or those stupid fucking games but um i knew south park was gonna come up because that's where i wanted to start when it comes to this game itself like the like because i have got some criticisms of this game no question 
Oh, for sure. But it just certainly cannot be denied. The the funniest video games I have ever played, and it's not even like it's a ginormous gap gap, are the two South Park RPGs and this. And I legitimately would say this is as funny as the South Park games. The South Park games have the South Park going for them. I'm such a big South Park fan that like I know what Cartman is all about and he makes me laugh and Randy and the inside jokes and stuff like that. But this game, like this game legitimately made me laugh constantly. And it was about people like, and it didn't have the advantage of the South Park games did of having characters. I know in a universe I know and characters and inside jokes that I get, like this was all completely out of nowhere. And I will say as frustrated as I was getting with some of the controls and stuff like that is sometimes I constantly wanted to keep playing because I was like, I don't know what the fuck it's going to say next. And it is so something else is coming. God, like this game again, 20 years old. I can't think of a single other comedy game that works as well as this one does or that works. And like, it's not even like you'd think that after this game, there would have been more games in that genre, but there aren't. It's astounding that there aren't more games that are comedy yeah i'm i'm i mean i like listen you and i are both like and i say this like i can't even stress to all of you listening right now how giant these air quotes are but you and i are both professional comedians like our (laughs) (laughs) like like quote uh like our job is literally to say funny things and come up with funny things and i'm playing this and i'm like dude whoever wrote this should be a comedian because this is fucking hilarious and i've got to think writing a funny video game is like writing a funny book that shit's hard even this i try to be funny on this podcast sometimes it's hard when you don't know how the audience is like reacting do you know what i mean like when we're on stage as comedians i can say something and if the crowd laughs i'm like okay they thought that was funny and if they don't laugh Right. This, like, they wrote this game. Obviously, like, I have to, I don't know anything about game development, but I assume that they write the game and the script and stuff before they get too far into making the game so they know what it is they're making it around. And, like, so they obviously wrote this game, and then, like, two years later it got released, and then they still don't know if anyone's actually laughing at it sitting at home. That has got to be incredibly difficult. And they, like... I don't give perfect 10s on this game, on this show. And this game as a whole is not getting a perfect 10. But the humor in this game is Super Mario World quality 10 out of 10. It is fucking hilarious. Well, then the humor is so good, but then the ending is so dark. It's so... <laughs> we'll get into like, the ending. The, the ending is so... so... Like, at the ending, it's so depressing. And it's like, wait what it's so stupid (laughs) it's so stupid so like this whole like this whole game like do you do you have any idea how many times i was playing this game up here in my gaming room and i would i could hear my girlfriend coming up the stairs and i was like for the love of god don't come in here because i don't know how to explain what the fuck is on the tv like the sheer The sheer amount of times. It's like, what is that? Oh, that's a wad of cash with a cigar that swears and I've got to pick it up. What is that? Oh, that's a paint bucket and a paintbrush. And I think the paintbrush is mentally handicapped. And the two of them are trying to convince this pitchfork to hang itself because it serves no purpose in life. What the fuck is that? Those are dung beetles. a cow that's just like constantly shitting itself. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, hey, there's a giant mountain of poo 
that's now singing an opera. And I have to throw toilet paper into its mouth. Or there's dung beetles on a pile of poo swearing at me with like Scottish accents saying they're going to come down and kick my ass. Or what is that? (laughs) Oh, well, that I'm at a nightclub and I got to go get drunk and then go to these rock soldiers and then pee on them and pee them into a hole where I can push them past obese dancers like what the fuck is that? Oh, that's a scarecrow that gives me help advice, but also tells me to fuck off because he's hungover and stuff. Like just and if you've never played this game, all the shit we just said, I swear to God, it's all in there and it's fucking hilarious. It is so funny. I can't stop talking about how funny this game is. It's the problem with this game is like fifty percent of it is just these amazing, hilarious moments. And just wonderful, like, things that happen on screen. And then the other 50% of it is some of the most boring gameplay. Like, so much padding and filler in this game. Yeah, I agree. And that's, like, so now that I've gotten, like, I'm telling you all right now, if I'm not mistaken, that is literally the only perfect 10 I've ever given on this show outside of Super Mario World. That's how funny this game is. But that said, Mark is right. When you are not in the cutscenes and you're not doing something really funny in this game... There's a lot of shitty game here. Like, it's really, really disappointing that they took such a great story and a game that was so fucking hilarious and then just wrapped it around just garbage. Like, it's it's not... There's a lot of points where it's not even fun. If it's not making you yeah. laugh, it's not fun. And it's just like, I have to do what? Okay, how is that fun? Like the whole, like the whole scene in the nightclub, in like oh. the caveman nightclub. What the fuck is that? Or the whole thing where you're having to, even the scene where you're like riding on a skidoo and have to do the race thing. That like they take something that sounds and looks so fun and made it so tedious. Yeah, dude, it's really. And the thing about it, like, so when I was done, and we'll kind of go over the story and like some of the shit you have to do uh, in a minute. But like when I was done playing this, I was like, that was really funny, but the gameplay is so, like it doesn't do anything well. It's like, or well, are we a puzzle game? Are we a platformer? Is it a boss fighting game? Like none of it is done that well. And it's like, why couldn't they have taken this funny story and then just focused on one aspect of gameplay and built this funny story around it? But then it's like, the problem is, I don't know what one type of gameplay you could do and make a game this funny around. Do you know what I mean? But like, and the the frustrating thing is we know that rare could make fun games. Like this is at, this was long after Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. hundred percent. But the thing is, is like, if they had made this Banjo Kazooie, if they had made it just, cause you're right. Banjo Kazooie is like, I, listen, I talked about it on the episode. I've gone on record. Banjo-Kazooie is the best 3D platformer on the Nintendo 64. It's one of the best 3D platformers I've ever played. It's better than Mario 64. It's fucking awesome. I love that game. But I it, 100% agree with everything you just said. It, it fucks so hard. It's so good. But if they had made Conker's Bad Fur Day like Banjo-Kazooie, where you go level to level, same game, like same engine, same like pretty good controls, the same concept, same everything... I don't. I think people would have shit on it because they would have been like, "Sure, it's funny, but like, it's just banjo again. It's just a different character doing a banjo game." Like, I think they probably felt the obligation to try to do something different, 
and not make another Donkey Kong 64 Banjo-Kazooie collectathon. But it's like, in the end, to me, they, they didn't make anything. Like, if I asked yeah. you, Mark, you like what what would you can like what genre does this game fall under? Like, what would you Maybe say? Maybe it's a platformer, I guess. It's uh, it's a linear, like it's definitely an extremely linear experience. I don't know, like, is it a fighting game? Is it? Uh, you're absolutely right. It's kind of a puzzle solving game, but the puzzles aren't fun. No, they're not. Like, and that's like, and that's like, dude, I have never felt this way about a video game in like 30 years of playing video games i have never thought to myself i would rather watch somebody play this than play this myself and oh, that 100 percent. because like again i have so many conflicting feelings about this game because again as you mentioned so funny so funny so original so like one of those like rare one of those like incredibly rare like oh my god they pulled off a funny video game situation and then the gameplay is like ah but they couldn't make a game yeah like i would get so like rare at the time like this was the last game they made for the n64 so in a way this was the absolute end of the rare as we knew them yeah yeah i agree um was it their last i'm not gonna argue i don't want to get into semantics i could have swore that perfect dark came after this but that doesn't doesn't matter fuck i don't i don't care don't care it doesn't matter it doesn't matter uh i get it though you're right like rare has a like has a phenomenal reputation those guys know what they're doing they make fantastic games and they got this one like i'm you know what it feels like to me is is like they they had like four years like let's just say for argument's sake nintendo told them we get like when did this game come out march 2001 so let's just say nintendo told them like yo we need it for spring 2001 and they spent so much time making it funny and working on the story and coming up with funny gags and working these gags in that they were left with like a year to to be like, okay, now what do we do to make a game to deliver these jokes? Like, we got to figure out some way. They like, can't just be a fucking a cinematic. We've got to find some way to to take you from one joke to another. And when you look at the reviews for this game, like from the day, some reviews are like nines, nine point nine out of ten, A plus, and then other reviews are like six or sevens. And I, I and and I, I I agree with them. Like, you have to look past the humor and remember that at the end of the day, this is a video game. And it's like, if you yeah, want to supposed to be having fun and it's like, I'm only having fun when I'm watching the things that you've pre-prepared. Yeah. And now I'm just like, and I keep wanting to see what happens next. I keep wanting to see, because you know that whatever you get to next is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to surprise you, but it's not fun to get there. It seems so weird to compare Conker's Bad Fur Day to something like Metal Gear Solid. But it's the same concept other than Conquer. You're doing these like you play a little bit of level and then you watch something funny. And in Metal Gear, you play a little bit of level, then you watch like a 12 minute movie. Um, but the difference between those two games is that, granted, maybe the controls haven't aged super well, but Metal Gear Solid was like, yo, we know what we are. We are a stealth game. That's what we got to focus on. That's what's got to get us from cutscene to cutscene. Whereas Conquer, it just constantly feels like they were like, let's, like you said, let's mix in a little bit of racing. That'd be fun. Well, let's mix in a little bit of kind of first person shooting. Like that would be yeah. a cool idea. Well, let's mix in some collectathon platforming. Well, we should put a but puzzle honestly, aspect in here. And it's like, dude. Side note, I will say that the multiplayer in this game is a lot of fun. Okay. And that's like, something I wanted to ask like, you about. Like, Rare is clearly, like, clearly they had some positive reaction to uh, GoldenEye. So they just started doing that in all their games. There's a first-person shooter. 
uh, multiplayer in Banjo-Tooie, and there's a first-person, like, multiplayer, uh, first-person shooter multiplayer in this one as well. And you know what? It's kind of fun. Now, I wanted to ask you about that, because having played it alone on Rare Replay, I have never turned on the multiplayer modes of Conker's Bad Fur Day. And I have seen other people say that absolutely, outside of the humor, the multiplayer is where it's at with this game. So I was really hoping that you would experience the multiplayer in this game because I am I am as blind as it fucking gets when it comes to the multiplayer in this game. So if you remember or know anything about it, the floor is yours. Explain why the multiplayer is fun, please. Okay, so the multiplayer, it's basically like, it's basically GoldenEye. Uh, there's a bit of variation. There's like multiplayers where you remember like the big like uh, the big war scene at the end near the end the whole, that's supposed to be a parody of Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, they basically made that the multiplayer where you're like you have like an army of teddies or you have an army of the other guys and you have to go after each other and it's a lot. Again, it's a lot like Goldeneye. You've got these two big stages. Uh, you both, like, one person's at one end, the other person's at the other. you got to go find each other and kill each other. It's a, it's, it's GoldenEye. Like, it's basically a GoldenEye clone, but it's a lot of fun. Does it, like, I mean, I don't expect there to be, like, funny cutscenes or anything, but do they, like, do they still no. embrace the humor and stuff in the multiplayer? They more embrace the absolute, like, the, they more embrace the gore of it. Okay. In the multiplayer. Okay. Like, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of, like, decapitation. But so still, though, but they were like, okay, we know that we're, like, a silly game. We're not, it's not serious. Let's just make it fun. Like, let's just make it, like, oh, fuck. I wish I'd been able to experience, because, like, I mean, I loved GoldenEye as a kid. We all, like, everybody. Anyone that grew up in the Nintendo 64, even if you didn't have a Nintendo 64, you grew up loving GoldenEye multiplayer. That was just what we all did. that's what, yeah, anytime you were to sleep over, that's what people were playing. Of course. So to, honestly, yeah, to do this and that would have been fucking awesome. Like, I'm disappointed that I missed out on it. But even that, so it like, look, we've all been there. You're on your computer, you're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast, and then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes, you drop your phone on the delete key, your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is, hey, lightning strikes the transmitter, doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone, and it's devastating, which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of Crash Plan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com slash RTG. Crash Plan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, Crash Plan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if your computer decides to jerk you around, and they do, and you lose your work, a backup is waiting for you. And it's not a backup from yesterday, it's a backup from the last 15 minutes. Come on now, that's... It's pretty sweet. And not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work, they can back up unlimited versions of your work. So it's like a rewind button. Realize you screwed something up an hour ago? Just rewind an hour, go find an old version of it, and you're just like that. You're done. You're back to the races. It's awesome. Time is money. Don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan. 
I don't know what to say about this game. Like, if it sounds like I'm struggling, like I really am, because I don't want to completely tear it apart because I thought it was clever and fucking hilarious and they tried something different. And I, I so drastically encourage game developers to embrace difference and try something new. And it's cool that the multiplayer was a lot of fun. It's just like, so, you, so you're like, okay, well, we make good multiplayer games, so we definitely got to do that. Let's make this game funny. That'd be a lot of fun. It's just that fucking campaign. And it's like, I wish that they, like... Ah, I don't know if I, I wish they delayed it to figure out a better campaign. Maybe moved it to the GameCube. I don't know. I just... <laughs> this would have been way better on the GameCube, I think. Oh, Mark. The GameCube, uh, like, they could have had more... They could have had so much more space for this room. If it had literally been the exact same game, just better. Because the thing is, is, like, listen, like, really at the end of the day, like, my only beef, the only thing I really have to shit on with this game is I think the controls are abysmal. And I feel like at times it can't figure out what it is. And it's and that's sometimes that's a good thing because games try to do a little bit of everything and it works and it's fun. And sometimes it doesn't work and it's just, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing? And that was what I felt like this game is. And it really sucks. If they had put it on GameCube, I don't care about the graphics. You could have left the graphics exact same. Because even though I've said 100 times that Nintendo 64 PlayStation graphics haven't aged well, I actually thought even by today's standards, this game looked pretty good. Like, yeah. it, obviously... What? It was cool that there was voice acting in it. Yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Like, there was no voice acting on the Nintendo 64. Or, like, next to none. Like, very like, little. It really felt like... Well, but this would, like... This game did start as, like, an N64 game. It was supposed to be called, like, uh, Conkers. I, I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was supposed to be a family-friendly, like, Conquer platformer because they had established Conquer as a character in Diddy Kong Racing, and then he got his own Game Boy game that was like really cute and fluffy and out there. So I imagine that like they were when they started this game, it was that, and then halfway through they're just like, "Fuck this! Let's like this feels like we're doing the same thing again. Yeah, let's branch this up a little bit." Like I. I'm I'm floored that the franchise hasn't come back because this game has got a following for sure. And like, I'll tell you, dude, if they fucking announce tomorrow that and I and listen, I can't I this is not uh, this is not a hyperbole. I'm not exaggerating in the least. If Rare came out tomorrow and said we're making a new Conquer, a Conquer's Bad for Day Two or something, I have enough faith in Rare and in their capabilities. They've got a great track record. I'd be like, I bet you the next one will play and be a lot more um, dialed in on whatever it is that they're trying to do. If they announced that and it was exclusive, it would have to be to Xbox because Microsoft owns X or Rare. Uh, that would be enough for me being on the fence trying to decide which next-gen console I want to buy to buy an Xbox. If Conker's Bad Fur Day 2 was going to be a launch title, like I I am so desperate to see this franchise brought back, to see this done again, but to see it done in a way that is more playable. Do you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like I, I so badly want to give this game like a 10 and be like, that was so fun. But f- fuck me. The fucking controls in this game... Make me so fucking angry. And that's where, let's go. Let's fucking, I've been holding it long enough. I need to get this off my fucking chest so that I can suck this game's dick again at the end and give it like a half decent score. First and foremost, what the fuck is with the inverted left and right camera? Why? Oh my God. I thought like, uh, when I first played it, I was like, I'm not the only one that noticed this, am I? And then it's like, no, 
what the like it was so confusing oh and listen and listen to every single one of you people out there that loves mario sunshine that's like yeah mario sunshine is the most underrated mario game blah 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 blah. i like mario sunshine too but mario sunshine also has that inverted left and right controller and guess what we have an episode scheduled to record about that in the next 72 hours and i don't know if this episode will be going live after or before the mario sunshine game but i'm gonna rip that game a new ass too so don't think that this is just a bias because i'm gonna let mario fucking have it that never makes sense and if you insist on putting a left to right camera on your fucking video game then you goddamn well had better put an option in the option menu to let me switch it because that doesn't make any sense and don't come at me with well if he had a stick on the back of his head and you pulled it to the right he would look to the left he doesn't have a fucking stick on the back of his head just let me control the camera just make it a fucking option if it has to be in there i don't get it it doesn't make sense and if i'm not mark before i finish this rant please for the love of god banjo kazooie didn't have the inverted camera right no, it didn't, but Banjo-Tooie did, and oh. it did drive me crazy. There was an option to turn it off in Banjo-Tooie. There! Still, it there! Was halfway, yeah. So ban- Banjo-Tooie came out before Conker's Bad Fur Day, so they knew that people would be like, yo, what's up with the control stick thing? And in this game, it just felt like they are like, eh, I mean, uh, that's how it is. Deal with it. It just doesn't make sense, and it is so... Like, listen, like, I up and down inverted honestly like i i prefer non-inverted like push the joystick up i look up down i look down but if a game is the other way and i don't even think you could release a game in 2020 without making it an option to switch it but um if the if their option is not there and i have to play inverted i can get used to up and down fairly quickly and be okay with it i don't see any advantage to inverted like why, I, like why would you just make it wrong? I don't either, but to me like I've always under like I've always been of the belief that like some people just prefer to play inverted. To me it's almost like being left and right-handed. Like some people it just feels more natural to have it. And I and I'm good if it's up and down, I can absolutely I mean you're never going to hear me yell about having inverted controls and inverted or in a I can't remember which one is X and which one is Y axis. But if up and down, you're never going to bother me with that. But left and right, it makes no sense. And it took me so long to get a handle around it and then you, you fucking have to relearn how to play video games entirely you do to get used to. i went through the same thing with this as i went through with mario sunshine once i started playing this for the show i basically had to not play anything else that was 3d because my poor brain which already struggles just to get me up every day uh, was certainly not going to be able to wrap its mind around, well, when I'm playing Conquer, left is right, right is left. But when I'm playing Halo, left is left, right is right. Like, I can't do it. And I don't get it. And and listen, like, if that was the only knock on the controls, I would come on here, I would slam it, and then I would move on and get to the stuff I love. But you tack on just horrible controls as a whole like i don't like the way the camera aligns itself ever it's constantly getting stuck on walls and in stuff and you can't come at me that this was a mechanic from the times and you can't come at me that rare didn't know what they were doing because they had released some incredible games before this so they knew how to make a game no, it just it's like I, it, and I think and the more I think about it, the more I think you're right. And that it's like, oh, you have a year to make a game around these funny ideas you have. Yeah, I it was so infuriating. And then you add that fucking camera onto the fact that like we've saw like we said, this game does like eight things and it doesn't really flush out all of them play like prototype versions of what it was supposed to be. Like all of them. And it's just so constantly infuriating that it's like, first of all, I can't even figure out what the fuck I'm supposed to do half the time. And I don't know if that is me not paying attention and not listening to what characters were supposed to say. And listen, 
uh, this is an adult podcast. Admittedly, I was a little inebriated during a lot of my playthrough of this game. So maybe I just wasn't able to capture the essence of what characters were telling me to do. But I was lost a lot. And then when I figured out where I was supposed to go, I would go there and not be able to figure out what I'm supposed to do when I get there. And then once I figured out what I was supposed to do when I got there, I realized that the controls just aren't very good to let me do that thing. It was never like a... And when you figured out what it was you're supposed to do, it was never like a, oh, of course, moment. Mm -hmm. It was always like a, what? Okay. Yeah, it was so... And like, you know what the moment that really broke the game for me was... There's like a really long section where you go so fucking <laughs> everything you say about this game just sounds so fucking weird. But you go you fall down into this like this hole or whatever, and you're like in the planet. And on one side there's like lava and these like uh Neanderthal like cavemen people that are like praying to this dinosaur god. And on the other side, there's people made out of like rock or clay or something, and they have a nightclub. And you got to go to one side and then you have to go back to the other side. And I found the entire section incredibly tedious and slow and kind of frustrating. But when you go to that rock side and you've got it, you're in this nightclub and it's funny. The concept is fucking hilarious. You're in a nightclub where all these people made of rock are dancing like they would at any day at any club. What you have to do is get Conker drunk, have him go over to this barrel of like moonshine and drink it till he's loaded. Then you stumble over to the rock people and then you pee on the rock people and you have to like steer them into different holes where they fall through this hole. And if you let go of the pee for like half a second, those rock people jump up and run over and hit you and you have to start the whole thing over. And you are almost certainly going to have to let go of the pee because you're not close. You either run out or you're not quite close enough to pee far enough to push these rocks. Like it really, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it does not handle very well at all, at all. Well, and like the frustrating thing is there's so many ways that you could have made that fun. Instead of like it being a run over and like go pee on this person, it could have now been like a first person target game. Yeah, dude, if they had literally just made the pee thing, you know how there's like other aspects where like conquer like throw knives and yeah, like the camera yeah. goes right over his shoulder. If they had just made yeah. the P like that, it would have been completely no problem. But instead the P works like shit. It's so hard. That is the stupidest thing they I've ever. to make it tedious and it's a funny concept and it would have worked so well if it was fun. And then the worst part is if you run out of, cause he can only pee for so long, right? Like that's, and I'm okay with that. That's physics. Like if he peed forever, I'd be like, well, this isn't realistic. Like he has to run out of pee eventually. But the problem is then once you run out of pee, he doesn't just sober up. You have to steer him over to this thing where there's like a first aid kit where it'll give you like some Alka-Seltzer and you drink it to sober up. But it's like, while you're walking to it, he stumbles really slow. The camera spins. He stops to puke. And it's like, Dude, every time I fuck this up, and the only reason I'm fucking it up is because the controls don't work, and I gotta go sober up and then go drink more booze, I've gotta take like 30 seconds to walk him over to this fucking thing, not because I can't, but because the game won't let me, and I was getting so angry, uh, and it, and there's just, and the whole game is full of stuff like that. Anytime you have to swim, this game does not work at all. At all. And that's how a lot of rare games were. That's how a lot of video games. Like, I'm telling you all right now, if I ever start a game development company, like, if remember the game industries actually becomes an industries and we start making games, the only swimming I'm ever going to put in one of my video games is going to be the characters come up to a swimming part and they're going to be like, oh, we have to swim. 
I promise you nobody wants to do this. And then it'll just be like a cut scene. And then it'll be like, there, that wasn't that bad. And like, you know what I mean? Like something like that. Because swimming sucks. Swimming sucks even more when it's 3D and the controls don't work. Swimming sucks even more when you constantly have to go looking for air. And I know I literally just talked about how he can't pee forever. That would be realistic. But don't make me look for air. It's not fun. It wasn't fun in Sonic. It wasn't fun in Mario 64. It wasn't fun in Banjo-Kazooie. It's not fun in Conquer. It'll never be fun. Don't make me look for air. Fuck. I've never met somebody who played Super Mario World and then played through the air le- the water levels and then went like, that would have been a lot more fun if I had to look for air during that. Yeah. No, it's no. It's, and you know what really frustrates me about the air thing is that to their credit, the way Conker's face on the screen shows you how much air he has left is fucking hilarious. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Because he just starts out with his puffy cheeks and his wide eyes and then slowly, like the cheeks start turning blue and his eyes start getting bloodshot and he starts to look like he's struggling. And it's like, and I'm trying so hard to concentrate on where I'm trying to steer this fucking squirrel, but I can't help but look at this stupid animated face on the side and just fucking crack up. And I know he's about to drown and then I'm going to get angry when he dies because I got to start over, but I'm still laughing at how stupid his face looks oh now, what did you think like what did you think of the ending of this game uh like the whole like the whole glitch thing oh wait yeah. wait 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 uh i guess spoilers you guys know there's spoilers on this show it's about old games but just for the record probably spoilers for the next three minutes or so um so <laughs> I, I feel like this has a very like the end of this game is why like it's like it's dark it is. And it's like, I liked the way it ended, and I liked that those last moments, but it was like, that wasn't funny, and didn't have any, didn't feel like it had much to do with the rest of the game. See, I, okay, I'll agree that it didn't really feel like it had much to do with the rest of the game, but I will disagree, I thought it was fucking hilarious. I, okay, the glitch I, thing is funny. The, the glitch, glitch thing, thing is, is funny. That giant, so if you've never played it, maybe you don't care, maybe you don't have any intentions of playing it, but like this giant alien, looks like one of the aliens from Alien like goes to kill conquer and conquer's like oh my god i guess this is the end and then all of a sudden the alien just freezes and then conquer's like what the game glitched and then he like starts going like deadpool fourth wall breaking talking to the game developer and the game developer is actually typing text into the bottom of the screen and conquer's like give me some weapons and like all these guns show up and like and do this and do this and it i thought that was really as someone that hates, I, thought, I think that's really funny. I thought it was fucking hilarious. Like I hate final bosses and stuff like that. And I like I kept expecting like another final boss, and then it was like, nope, that's just it. It was just really funny. And now Conker's in charge. And uh, uh, here's the thing: I didn't like the thing with him on the throne, and he has that whole speech about how he doesn't want to be the king. Yeah, and he's like, I'm surrounded by people I hate, and really, I just want to go home and drink a beer with my girlfriend who just died. Yeah, and it's like, and it's sad, and then the game's over, and it's like, what? No, I, yeah, I mean, I get it, but I, I don't know. Like, did you? Okay, again, sorry guys, and this is a more modern spoiler. So, in all seriousness, skip thirty seconds if you have not played the uh, South Park uh, fractured butthole. Just as your full yeah. warning, I'm about to spoil the last 30 seconds of Fractured Butthole. Mark, we have 30 seconds. Uh, the way it just is so stupid, and then it just turns out Cartman's hand was the enemy, or whatever it was. It's a, it's a, Cartman's hand being the bad guy, it was so, like, that whole, like, 
that whole game is so filled with like that's a game that like is really funny and also is really fun as a game. Yeah, that's the difference. But I love and I'm we're gonna okay, we're gonna come back in a second. Okay. And there's just this whole like dark like sideline about like oh and then the, the, there's somebody behind the scenes controlling it all and then of course it's fucking Cartman at the end and if you're a fan of the show you're like of course it is and it's so funny yeah so now no more spoilers we're done but like again okay. if I'm comparing South Park to Conquer they're both fucking hilarious to me and I love the way that it, they they end on this weird abrupt kind of dark stupid no like I really I no to be honest with you like being as angry as I was at points during that game I actually thoroughly enjoyed the ending I really thought it was funny and I also love the way that they started it out with Conquer sitting on the throne looking miserable surrounded by these guys and he's like oh you want to know how i got here all right well it's a long story let me tell you like i any i I don't know what there's got to be a technical term for that in storytelling that i'm just stupid and don't know i don't know if it's foreshadowing or what i I guess it would be called a framing device in that case okay but i I love that and like because it did a great job even when i was getting frustrated with the game and I, and I, it constantly made me laugh even when i was getting angry i was like well i gotta know how the fuck he got on that throne like i'm glad that you've told me how it ends yeah, there's like this moment, like, you just are kind of like, I want to see how we get there. Like, yeah. I want to see what happens. And that's kind of the driving force of this game. It's not that you're having fun, you just want to see what happens. That's it, yeah. So, now before, because uh, I, straight up, like, I mean, we're at almost 40 minutes here, but I would just quickly like to go over some of the funniest stuff. Do you have anything else you want to shit on? Because, like, I'm done shitting. I just want to talk about fun stuff to end this thing. Do you have anything else angry? Um, I mean, if we're talking shitting, let's get into the good stuff. <laughs> Fuck. And I know that we kind of listed some shit off at the top, but I have to be honest. Like, So the thing that made me laugh the hardest in the entire game was either, to be honest with you, the bleeping of the odd swear word made me laugh. Dude, when you throw, when, when a, a properly placed uh, profanity bleep is fucking hilarious. It just is yeah. like, cause you don't see it coming. And when you can see with these bats or like the dung beetles or whoever, like, yeah, what do you say? We go down there and kick the shit out of them. But the shit is bleeped. That made me fucking laugh so hard. Every time it beeped, it made me laugh. Every time this game fucking bleeped. Because you never like, again, because most of us like were so like used to this rare art style being like very like, cartoony very banjo kazooie very donkey kong yeah so like this is we're used to this kind of world and now suddenly oh now there's adult situations introduced to it and it really takes us off guard and it yeah it makes it funnier and i think that part of the reason the the bleeping made me laugh so hard was because like 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 there's they don't bleep anything like you know exactly what everyone is saying it's so obvious you've got like this sexualized fucking bunny in like hot pants doing yoga and this giant mound of shit fighting just constantly like mature things but then they bleep out the word fuck you know what i mean or and the odd word shit and i just thought it was so funny that they even took the time to just bleep out these words sometimes so that always made me laugh and then to be honest with you dude i thought that the funniest characters of the game were that stupid paint bucket and brush They got the pitchfork to hang himself. They they convinced the pitchfork to fight Conquer, and then they convinced the pitchfork to go up and hang himself because they're like he's useless. And the paint bucket talks all this shit, 
And then the the paintbrush is like his lackey that basically just repeats everything he says. And then the paint bucket always yells at him for always repeating what he says. And then when that stupid pitchfork hangs himself, and then he's up there and he's like, "Oh no, I, I don't have a neck. This is gonna work." And the paintbrush <laughs> and the paintbrush and the bucket are just laughing at him, hanging up there in this noose. And he's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna be up here forever." And he's just hanging in this barn, trying to kill himself. Oh, even that. Those two say like, hey, <laughs> "The bucket's like, yeah, I think you should kill yourself." And then and I, right away, I was like, "What?" And then the paintbrush is like, "Yeah, you should you should kill yourself." And then he does kill himself and then finds out he can't kill himself. That's fucking hilarious. That's so funny. And it's like you would never expect to hear you should kill yourself in a Rareware game. No. Like, like to me, that was the first moment. Like, I had laughed a bunch. But that was the first moment where I, uh, I, I was like, I can't believe this was on a Nintendo system. And they were like, yeah, go ahead and say you want to kill yourself. That or you should kill yourself. That was fucking... At that point, Nintendo were like, fuck it, fine, whatever. Oh, God, I laughed so fucking hard at that. It was the funny... That stupid pitchfork. And, and, he, and the way he's just hanging up there like, oh, no, now nah, nah, I'm really screwed. And like they're just laughing at him. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Oh, so good. And... There's- uh, and of course, like there's the big thing everybody talks about, the big singing pile of shit. Yeah, the the mighty poo. Everyone talks about so like, but like it really is just one of those left field like, holy fuck, is this actually happening in a game right now? Because again, this is just a lot of things that never happen in the game. No. There's like a boss sequence that's also a musical, that's also a giant mound of shit, and it's like this weird like. There's not another experience like it in all of gaming history. No, there's there's not. 100% agreed. Dude, I I and if you're listening to this right now and this was you, please message me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram at member the game and tell me I I promise you somebody listening to this was fighting that poo and their parents walked in and were like, "What in the fuck is that?" Like some, you know what I mean? And I think that is so funny because it is so stupid and you have to feed it corn to get it fired up and then it starts singing and then you have to throw toilet paper into its mouth before you eventually flush it. I was like, and are you? Like the whole time, like there was new verses and it kept like explaining exactly what it, and just in the most graphic detail, but it's this lovely opera song and it's. Oh, just incredible. If just you've, an incredible moment. If you've never played it, you guys, YouTube Mighty Pooh Boss Fight, and you can just find all the cutscenes from it, it's worth watching. It's so good. Yeah, this is one of those games where, like, I don't even know if I necessarily recommend playing it, but just watch it on YouTube. Yeah, do it. YouTube it. You will fucking laugh. Uh, oh, you know another character in this game that is fucking hilarious is Death. The little, oh, like, Death Jr. or whatever the fuck he is. The first time you and die... Like, tell you, like, about how you have more lives than others. And- yeah, the first time you die, you, like, go into this, like, cave or, like, hell, whatever. And then Death, like, classic black cloak skull with the Sith Death comes up. But he's really... He's, like, smaller than Conker. And he's got, like... He's got a voice, like, you know, really high-pitched, kind of annoying voice. And then he realizes that Conker has to go back to the Earth, and he tells you as long as you can get tails, you can keep living. And the, the, the thing that kills me about this fucking death is his hatred of cats. It is so... I fucking hate cats. They piss everywhere, the little pieces of shit. I fucking hate them. <laughs> they just... 
oh my god i was just laughing i was like so this is the end game this is game over is this little wiener that hates cats telling me that i'm dead it's so good god damn it and uh really it's just such creative like and again it's like it's so disappointing that the game itself isn't fun because that's such an interesting way to like frame like frame the whole like life system yeah agreed oh so good oh dude and i I, you know what i also love actually is the bad guy i can't remember his name that like giant panther or whatever the fuck he is and i could take her yeah the king panther i think yeah and i could take or leave him but i love (laughs) i love that that his motivation is just i need to stop this table from from tipping over the table is missing a leg and so every time he puts his glass of milk on it the table falls over and so he gets his like scientist that he that works for him that hates him because he's always threatening him with the duct tape and that scientist is fucking hilarious too he's like i fucking hate the fucking duct tape i'll fucking show him and then he's down in his lab going over all these blueprints of the table and everything and then he finally comes up and gives him this big presentation where like he announces that all we have to do is fix the leg of your table and instead of building a new leg for the table all we need to do is go get a red-tailed squirrel who's the exact right size to stand here as the leg of your table <laughs> like what and that's and what that's the bad guy's motivation it's the most ridiculous acidized like every other video game in history the bad guy has like some evil plan to like take over the world no no this guy's already taken over the world now he just needs something so that his milk doesn't spill over. It's so stupid. Like, I... Because that happens very early on in the game where you find out about, like, why they're after him and stuff. And, uh... And I'm, like... I was playing it, and I'm, like, is that seriously all this is? And then when you get a game over, sure as fuck, it just shows Conker stuck under this table as, like, the fourth leg balancing this table so the king could drink his milk and i was like that's the cool thing that rareware always did in the n64 era is they showed you what happens if your character loses yeah in the game over scene yeah and video games never do that anymore mm-hmm. yeah, i agree it uh fuck is so stupid and then like dude we could go forever there's the fucking gears we have to find the three female gears that have run away because the big angry gear on the wall needs them like the cogs and then you go get those oh, female yeah. gears, and as you slide them onto the wall, it's clearly a pole going into the circle in the middle of the, the cog, which is clearly like her mouth. And while you're sliding her onto the wall, the like angry jack off, like evil cog that wanted the girls back is like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And I was like, this is again another instance where I was like, oh fuck, please don't let her walk in right now and see like, this. This is the worst. Like. This is not a thing you could explain to no. somebody that walks in on you watching uh, playing that. No, it, it's just Mark. Like we're at almost an hour. I'm gonna wrap this up right away. I'm, I've done so many podcasts today. I'm gonna lose my voice soon. Um, but you're right. It, it's I would rather watch somebody play this than play it myself. And if you've never played it, sure, it's on the rare replay. Give it a shot if you want to. But I. I agree with Mark. I like we have just scratched the surface of all the funny shit that happens in this game. Just YouTube it. Watch a let's play. You could probably even just find a compilation of all the funniest seeds. You will if you like stupid humor, South Park humor, toilet humor, you will laugh. I promise. It's no, really absolutely. funny. Like I, there's no higher praise I can give anything than to give it the elusive 10 out of 10 Super Mario World score. 
And the comedy in this game gets that 10 out of 10. It is so fucking funny. And it's really sad that the gameplay didn't match up to the to the the like the hilarity of it. And I pray that they give this series another shot, try again, and just nail the gameplay this time. I fucking I would I would be so on board with that. It's not even funny. I would love that, but Rareware never touches their old IPs anymore. What are like you the about? last things they made, like the last old like game they made in an old series was that Banjo Kazooie game in like 2007 or something. Yeah, yeah. You haven't played uh, you haven't played Banjo Three yet. No. Oh, because like, I've heard that like I've actually heard that it's a good game as long as you don't think of it as a banjo game. Which is because it has nothing to do with Banjo Kazooie. Which is fucked. That would be like Nintendo releasing a new Mario game and be like, it's really fun as long as you don't care that it has nothing to do with Mario. And um, it's like, well. Okay, I guess. But yeah. like, like, I would love to see a real Banjo 3. And I think that if Xbox announced that, like if Microsoft announced that, that could be a big seller for the next system. But Xbox has announced, hey, we're not doing exclusives for the next few years. So who knows what they're planning? I don't know. I don't have any idea what they're doing. But Conker's rad. I want a new Conker. I also want a new Banjo-Kazooie. I also want a new Perfect Dark. Come on, Rare. We fucking need you here. You guys were one of the best, and I don't know what the fuck is happening. Um, okay, let's score this thing. Uh, I don't know how the fuck to... Uh, I'm just looking for something to do with a number with this fucking game. Um, how much money do you need? How much money's in this game? Do you remember? A million. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, so out of a million... What would you score Conker's Bad Fur Day? No, 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 because we've done a million before. Conker's Bad Fur Day originally released on the Nintendo 64. So on a scale of 1 to 64, how many would you, what what score would you give Conker's Bad Fur Day? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would give it a, I don't know, a 40? Yeah, fuck. That's what I was going to do. So I got to do something different now. Uh, you know what? Like, uh, and I mean this sincerely, like I'd probably give it like a 35 out of 64. It, the comedy is, is perfect, but I, as, as someone that doesn't like controls from that era anyway, unless they're really spot on, I found it borderline unplayable at times. I got so irritated with the controls in this game. And for all of you that are going to get good, go suck my asshole. I'll get good when you <laughs> give me controls that'll let me be good. Um, the concept is great. We need games like this. This is a genre that doesn't really even exist. Like the two South Park games are the closest thing to it, and they're obviously both way better games than Conker's Bad Fur Day. Or, or maybe even something like Duke Nukem, but like those games weren't funny. So. Yeah, yeah. Like we need another one of these. I desperately want it. If you haven't played it, you could probably skip it. But I'll tell you guys: Google some cutscenes. Google the Mighty Pooh fight. Especially if you've had a few drinks or a couple of puffs and you will fucking laugh. I promise you will fucking laugh. It's funnier than anything we've done on this fucking show so far. I promise that. So, uh, Mark, thanks for doing this, buddy. I appreciate you uh, spending most of your Saturday afternoon talking video games with me on the phone. Oh, dude, absolutely. Anytime. Cheers, buddy. We'll do this again soon. Cool.
And that's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking a little Conqueror's Bad Fur Day with a lot of Conqueror's Bad Fur Day with me. And every single one of you that are hearing my voice right now that just sat through that conversation, that have listened to this episode, that have listened to any episode of the show, thank you so, so much. You guys, it's fucking awesome. If you're enjoying what we do, please consider supporting me on Patreon. It's only $2. It helps me so much. I'm, I'm, I'm literally putting full-time, more. I'm putting 50, 60 hours a week into these shows right now. And for just two bucks, you get extra podcasts, early access, you get a shout out, you get to submit comments. It's There's a lot there. Uh, this Sunday's expansion pass will be my predictions and some of your predictions for the final four Smash Brothers characters. We are locking them in and anyone that calls their shot and nails all four of them will be immortalized on the podcast forever so get in on that two bucks patreon.com slash member the game also i uh, i don't mention it on here all the time but i have a p.o box now you can find the full address at remember the game if you need it but you can send me stuff at and, and and when i say that don't send me giant gifts don't send me you know playstation fives also don't send me bombs or glitter bombs or poop or anything just postcards i'd love to get postcards from around the, I, we have listeners all around the world it'd be so rad to me to just get a collection of postcards from you guys or a little letter just you know i'll read it that's fine just something tell me you're listening uh i'm gonna order some remember the game postcards as well so that i can shoot them back to our listeners the address is uh, remember the game p.o box 69181 edmonton alberta canada t6v victor 1g7 as in G spot. I can't think of anything else that starts with G. Uh, fuck me. Uh, and check me out on Twitch. I stream Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday nights if my shit internet lets me. There may not be a Sunday stream this week because it's Thanksgiving here in Canada. I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. But twitch.tv and then it's member the game, not remember. Member the game. Just hit me with a follow. It's free. You'll know whenever I'm online. I love chatting with you guys while I'm over there. And that'll do it, you guys. Game Patch 8.0 will hit the internet Friday morning for Patreons, Monday for free feeds. Expansion Pass will be up here on Sunday. And I'll be back in seven days with episode 119 of Remember the Game. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you all again soon. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I just could not produce all the content I'm producing these days without your support, and I'd like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that supports us at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So a ginormous, heartfelt thank you to Aaron Kapal, Aaron Lawson, Adam Anderson, Adam O'Shirello, Alan C., Alex Martinez, Andre, Andrew Halepchuk, Andrew Wright, Andy Baker, Another Stupid Monkey, April Zane, Arpad Botos, Ashley Cronenbitter, Batter Barhumi, Ben Buyu, Ben Boucha, Ben Drinkin, Brandon O'Brien, Brian McKay, Brian Medeiros, Brian Ransom, Bullfrog, Charlie M, Chris Campbell, Chris Flurry, Chris Wilson, Chuck Schlarp, Corey, Craig Rutt, Crash Bandiquit, Chris Knife 007, Dan T, Danny Vega, Dario Omen, Dave L, Dave McGee, Dave Thompson, David Ray, Desert Tortoise, Divalk, Doug Dorn, Doxer, Dustin L, Dylan, Eric Canard, Evan Refuse, Fraser Burns, Gary C, Geek Life Radio, Grimpy, Onre SJA Flash, James Clark, Jason Adams, Jason Cortez, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Jeffrey Mathis, Jer Bear, Joe Buck, Joe Gillespie, Joe Mack, John Doskis, John Quack, Jordan, Josh Morgan, Josh from the Press Start to Join podcast, Kate Roberts, Casey Rarick, Keegs, Kevin Chincholo, Kevin Donlin, Kevin Hufford, CryptoVox, Kyle Paul, Lane Orr, Leon Napscog, Les Winan, Luca, Mackenzie Wheeler, Mark Jones, Mark McHugh, Mark 209, Matt McLean, Matthew Davis, Michael Mathis, Mikhail Hag, 
Mike Brady, Miklos Blackshaw, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Morgan, Mr. Impressive, Mr. Nick, Nathan Tromblay, Nathan W., Nick Sills, No Juan Cares, OG Big Titus, Rex, Robert Fuchsia, Robert L., Rome 21, Ryan Kinchin, Ryan Yeager, Scott Brooks, Scott V., Sean Razine, Sharonic, Slick Rick, Stupid Monkey, Super Mary Ho, The T Word, Thomas D. Reynolds, Todd, Tom, Tony, Travis, Trevor Hillier, Tyler, Vladstein, White Burrow, Wyman Brooks, Yamcha, and Zane Donovan. Nailed it. Thank you guys all so much. I appreciate you. You're the best. I'll fucking talk to you all again soon. Cheers. Cheers.